Hey everybody, welcome to Random Trek Review, the podcast where we analyze, discuss, and review randomly selected Star Trek episodes. I'm your host Andrew and I'm joined as always with my good buddy Matt. Matt, uh, you might need to take the lead on this one. I've just had this like splitting headache for the last couple of days. How have you been doing? Well, I can barely read the screen today and uh, I really had a hard time walking over here, which uh, are sure signs of old age, so uh, I don't know if I'm going to be much help either. Well, I guess we'll have to just do, uh, I guess we'll just have to do the best that we can. Uh, this week we're looking at uh, Voyager, and uh, the episode is The Scientific Method. That's right, uh, The Scientific Method, an interesting uh, episode that we are going to talk about today. Yeah, I, uh, I got to kind of admit that I'm, uh, I'm kicking myself a little bit. I, I just slipped my mind last week when we, we went over uh, this. It's really tough under the pressure. And I was kind of just thinking something completely different. Um, this is actually an episode that I like a lot. Um, and it's one that I remember. I just didn't remember that was the name of it. Um, which, it was kind of a, a, kind of a foobar on my part. But uh, let's just kind of quickly take a look at uh, what I said last week. And uh, I guess maybe give me the review, give me the damage. I'm, I'm a little bit apprehensive, I'm not going to lie. Well, it was a pretty gallant uh, effort just based strictly on the, the title, but uh, I don't think this was maybe your best recall yet. Um, there's no, You didn't really mention anything about aliens, no. which kind of is a big, big deal, big part of the episode. Yeah. And the crew, they, they didn't really have, I mean, I guess there was sort of a problem to solve, but they didn't really go through the scientific method as you suggested in your right. recall, so... Um, Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to give you a score of uh, zero binary pulsars out of Oof. five. Oof! Oof! Swing and a miss. That won't be uh, the last, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> not. I definitely uh, won't be the last. But um, yeah, you know what? I, I deserve that one. Uh, tell me a little bit about your memory of the episode. You did you remember this one, or when you started watching it, did it kind of flash back to you? Like, is this a memorable one for you, or is this kind of like watching it for the first time over again? Uh, it was definitely one that I remembered. Um, I, I I would think that I probably saw it the first time during the original run of the show, and it was one that definitely stuck in my head. Um, that I remembered a lot. Um, now I, I couldn't really remember either based strictly on the title. I thought maybe it was the, that one, but I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I remember the ending of this one really well when, um, like things kind of come to a head, but there are, I feel like there's so many Voyager episodes where, you know, Janeway, especially early on, she's very scientific. And I, I, I just felt like it was kind of a different thing. Um, than what it was but let's jump into it um this is scientific method it's from season four episode seven the original air date was october the 29th 1997 um not that many guest stars this time around uh romery forsyth was al zen annette helday as takar it's written by sherry klein and doc 
Vancouver. That's kind of a cool name. Directed by David Livingston. So, Voyager is continuing his voyage home as Seven of Nine adjusts to life aboard the ship, following orders and asking permission when wanting to work on energy conduits. Elsewhere, Tom Paris is using up valuable ship energy in order to site-to-site transport to love interest Belana Torres for a makeup session when the two of them are hit by an X-ray attack from Mortal Kombat 10. Dun-dun-dun. Well, no, not really, but Voyager's been infested with out-of-phase aliens, and they're conducting weird experiments, and in some instances, very painful, um, that would never pass any ethics commission uh, here on Earth. Janeway is having insane headaches, but which is putting her in a foul mood, but Chakotay and Neelix have it much worse, as the first officer has super-aged into an old man, and Neelix is changing species. Luckily, the Doctor and Seven of Nine deduce that the aliens are on the ship and are conducting the experiments. They're able to even successfully pull one of the aliens out of phase. Things are looking pretty dire as the aliens threaten to terminate the experiment, which would kill the test subjects if they're not allowed to continue. The command staff discuss possibilities um, right when a crew member on the bridge suddenly dies as a result of the experiments. Janeway decides the hell with that and goes full kamikaze, aiming Voyager towards a pulsar at full speed. The aliens originally think that she's bluffing, but weeks of headaches has them second-guessing themselves as they attempt to escape Voyager, which is now at critical temperatures and pressures. Luckily, they're able to shoot between the binary pulsar and end up on the other side. Once back on track, Paris and Bellana sit down for a nice dinner and discuss whether or not their relationship was affected by the experiments or not. Alright, with plot out of the way, now that we have, have seen what the uh, actual episode was about, uh, give me a little one-minute impression of the episode, um, now that you've kind of uh, re-seen it. Uh, I, I really like this one. Um, when I sort of went back to watch it again for this uh, podcast, I, I kind of remembered it being a little bit cheesy and being a little bit over the top, but I, when I actually watched it and actually sat down and really sort of thought about it and analyzed it, I was like, this is actually really good. It's actually really good. There isn't really any, there, there's certainly a lot of potential for it to have gone really wrong, but they actually pulled it off pretty well. I thought, and I mean, it's, and like I said, it was one that stuck out when I, when I watched it during its original run. So, I mean, it, it, I really like this one. It's really good. Yeah. I thought that it held up. It still looked pretty good. Like I think that the uh, visuals could have looked cheesy after all this time, but they actually still looked pretty good. Um, the episode has good pacing and I thought the same thing. I thought it was pretty good. I remembered it from when I watched it kind of back whenever, but, uh, yeah, the ending, especially, um, is something that I remembered because um, I think that it's like very quintessential Janeway. Uh, we'll get to it when we get to the plot, but yeah, I thought that uh, this one is um, not your typical solution to a Star Trek episode, which I really do kind of like. Um, so, um, uh, just some little bit of background information here. The original name of the episode was Tagged, um, which I I'm not crazy on the episode name, um, like Scientific Method. It, I get it; it's okay. But I think I like tagged even less. Uh, I definitely didn't like tagged. I because thought that was, I thought it was just like that, that, that. Like it was a very important part of the episode, but it was also a very minor part. Of yeah, it. and I would even maybe argue that like the whole tagging thing and the changing of the DNA was kind of like almost the worst part of it. Like the fact that they were doing experiments, they didn't really need to be doing experiments at like the DNA level. They could have just been doing like experiments. I if you actually think about it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Too. Like the whole tagging part of it was, I guess, meant to amp up the pressure. But really, I thought that in the end, it was kind of like, 
not really that important. They were just like, oh, we're able to fix it. Well, I think they also had to put a, something in there that would make it so like that the doctor wouldn't have been able to figure it figure it out. Like it was like it was just it was so hard to find the yeah. what was going on. And I mean, the doctor is a hologram and he's a medical wizard. Right. So he could have just maybe been able to figure it out straight away. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um. So speaking of the doctor, Robert Picardo joked that he was happy to wear tights in this episode, and uh, he got to work closely with uh, Jerry Ryan, and she obviously has like the very skin tight like suit. Um, I was kind of interested to read that because like I don't really, I guess it's when they were in that hollow program, but yes. I don't really remember any like shots of him below the waist even. Like, did you notice it when it came about, or not really? No, I didn't really notice it, but I, I it was, it wasn't seen in the holodeck. I mean, it must, it had to have been. Yeah. Because I don't think he's wearing tights under his holographic uniform. No. <laughs> um. But yeah, I didn't really even notice it, and it wasn't really like a huge, huge thing. I guess maybe it's kind of one of those things where, um, you know, these guys go to so many comic cons and they do so many interviews and stuff like that. Like people are constantly sticking microphones in their faces and being like, "What about that episode?" And it's like, "Oh, I wore tights in that one, right?" Like, it probably is just tough to have anything to say about it when you do like however many episodes they do right like well i'm sure i'm sure that you know that's a that's a rare okay occurrence so i'm sure it would have stuck out to him yeah that's true yeah very true um the kind of the last little thing that i read about this episode was that there was definitely some worry that it was going to be corny um and that it wasn't going to get the it wasn't going to elicit the response that they were kind of hoping for um so i guess my question to you is like did you think that it was corny did you think that it was scary do you think that it could have been done better or do you think it was kind of just right i think there was a lot of potential for a lot of corniness in this episode um i don't think that i I thought the visual effects were really good and that sort of helped avoid the corny factor getting too high um and I thought it was a pretty well written episode. Like, I mean, when you really, when you first sort of think of the general idea of like aliens doing experiments, it's like, oh, this this could go sideways pretty quick. True. But I thought the episode was written well enough, and that it looked good enough that it it wasn't really. I, I didn't think it was really that corny at all. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe that's just kind of whenever you do something that's kind of like horror esque, it's a very thin line, right, between being super corny and you're kind of laughing at it versus being scared and being you know horrified i i would go the other way and say that this idea is something that you could see in a horror movie like there is that one scene where they go into janeway's office and uh, seven of nine can see the out of phase people and she can actually see them putting the pins in and like that could be terrifying and especially if you know, if it was kind of filmed a different way, if it had a different kind of look to it, um, then I think that this could have been like a classic, classic horror episode of Trek if they had really just gone for it. You know what I mean? Like the idea that somebody's like out of phase and they're like conducting all these painful experiments on you, that's a scary thought, right? Especially the fact that you can't see them or even like in a situation where like one person can see them or, you know, maybe... Uh, you can see them periodically, that kind of thing. I feel like it could have been really, really scary. Like, that was an unnerving scene, and I, it, it made me think, like, oh, this could be really, really scary stuff. Yeah, they, they, there was potential for this to be one of those, like, Star Trek horror episodes, but I think they kind of... I don't know if it was a conscious effort or just the way it turned out, but it, it, it seems like they kind of 
shied away from that angle a little bit. Yeah, the fact that there's no like jump scares or anything like that makes it seem it's more unnerving, right? Like when Seven and Nine's in the elevator and like they're in the elevator with her and stuff like that. That's just kind of meant to be unnerving, but it wasn't true scary. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it, they're they could have gone there, but for for whatever reason, I, I don't think they did. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's kind of go by each of the sections. I've got some kind of questions and some talking points to grill you with. Um, the teaser starts with Torres and Seven of Nine in the Jeffries tube, uh, which is a pretty cool scene. Um, I, for me, I, I was kind of like guest getting situated. It's always kind of hard to remember when exactly Seven of Nine joins the cast. Um, but this is a pretty good little scene. I like that Bellana actually mentions, um, you know, she's trying to get her on board with the Starfleet regulations and stuff. She even mentions to it, like, kind of to herself that, like, you know, this is the same thing that Janeway said to me when I was joining, right? Like, going from Maki over to... So I thought that was pretty good. Um, and then uh, Paris uh, uses the site-to-site transport, which, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to talk about this now, but, like, the site-to-site transport, it seems like why wouldn't you just always use that? You know what I mean? Like, when yeah. you like route, like never walk anywhere. Like, just transport to yourself to your job, and then transport to your bed. Like, I guess this uses up energy, and maybe it would kind of be like a waste. But he uses the transport to get to to see Balan. And this is the other thing I was kind of thinking about. I forgot that this relationship started this early. Like, this is early season four. Yeah. Um. So that's like almost you know like almost half of the show they're together, right? Which is. I had kind of forgotten. I kind of thought it was more of a late, uh, a late thing. It but was definitely a slow burn. That's for sure. That is true. And actually, that kind of brings me to my first question, which is: um, this is kind of during the time where it's kind of new and fresh and stuff like that, and they're trying to keep it secret. Why do you think that's a trope in TV shows? And why do you think that that's like something that always seems to come up? Like people get together and they want to keep it secret. They can't tell anybody, and it's like this such a faux pas. Um, I feel like, especially in the 90s, that was, like, a thing that seemed to show up on, like, every sitcom. Like, oh, will they or won't they? Or, oh, nobody, you know, people are going to find out. Like, why do, you, why do you think that that was uh, so popular? I have no idea. <laughs> no, why don't, you, like, why like, don't you try to guess what the reason was? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I don't really know. I mean, it's true that in a lot of 90s TV shows that that was sort of... Uh, something that we, that they went to quite often and I don't really know what the, the deal is with that. I guess maybe a better question would be like do you think that it, because it's Star Trek that they should be over this? Well, yeah, maybe. Right, like we're getting like we we're in the future where you know there's no racism, there's no sexism, there's none of the stuff. So so why do we care that two people are like hooking up or making out? Um well, and on a ship like Voyager's marooned in the Delta Quadrant, like it's going to happen eventually, right? Right, exactly. So it's, uh, yeah, the whole secret thing, I don't know. I, I think it's more because, like you said, they wanted to slow burn it. And I think that by making something secret, it makes it seem like it's way more sexy or something. I, I don't know what it is. But I don't know, that just kind of came to me when I was watching it. Um, and I, my second question was, um, did you ever play Mortal Kombat X? I don't believe so, but I, I did play it earlier, like earlier versions of Oh, okay. Kombat. So, like, I, Mortal Kombat X was, like, uh, I forget which system it came out for, but basically, like, it had this feature where when you went to do, like, the big fatality, you could, like, punch somebody and it would show an x-ray. 
and it would like show like the bones breaking and like the organs being like punctured and stuff like that and the graphic that the aliens use is exactly like it like oh. exactly like it you should youtube mortal kombat x like bone breaking or something like that and, and you should look at it. it's almost as if somebody who was like making that mortal kombat game was watching voyager and was like that's a brilliant idea, especially if we put it in our game. So, I don't know. That just uh, really stood out to me. And we already kind of talked about how it actually does hold up really well. Yeah, I mean, I've already, we've already sort of talked about the yeah. graphics a little bit. Yeah, it still looks great. One thing that I did find a bit strange about this part is that Torres, like, seemed to know that someone was watching them. Right. Even with their, like, heightened paranoia, but, like, just in general of, like, trying to not let anyone see them. I thought it was kind of strange that, like, that x-ray thing hit them, and then at the exact moment, she's like, yeah, I feel like I'm being watched. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess some people do have a thought that, like, there's, like, a sixth sense, right, where you can, you know, if somebody's staring at you or something like that, you can feel it, or, like, just that, you know, it's almost not even, like, somebody's watching you, but it's kind of like there are things that you're hearing or sensing that are just slightly askew and it kind of just puts you on edge it's like that like hair on the back of your neck standing up kind of feeling but if somebody's out of phase you should theoretically not have that happen right you shouldn't have those things occur maybe it's, maybe it's like a klingon trait maybe that could be that could be the case um so then we hit the title card. I talked said before, but I love the title card of Voyager. I they have like this thing on Netflix now where you can like skip it. Yeah, I never skip it. I always, always I skip always it. watch it. Every series always skip it. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, it's so good though. Anyway, I guess to each their own. That's why you have the option. I actually I would even go so far. I don't even like the little skip button coming up on the screen because I feel like it's like tainting it. I like to see. I like to watch the whole thing. Um, Anyway, we go to uh, Janeway. She's getting a massage. This is actually something that I had never contemplated until watching this episode this recently. That is the best reason for having holograms. Because, like he even says, he's not going to get tired. Hands aren't going to get sore. You could literally just be in there getting massaged for, like, hours on it. Well, that would be be quite a massage session. But, uh, you know, another... Another hidden talent of the doctor is revealed. Um, you know, he's, he's a capable massage therapist, apparently. Yeah. I thought that that was just a great little way of kind of like just planting that tiny little seed, you know? You could, it could be stress, could be this, could be that, but just like, you know, he's saying, oh, you're too stressed out, you're not sleeping, all this kind of stuff. She's got the headaches. I thought that that was, um, I thought that that was great. Now, here, um, here's a question I have. Okay. Do ships that don't have an EMH have masseuses on board? Well, I think, like, the Enterprise would, right? Because you have, like, thousand people. There would be somebody on the ship that probably has, like, one of those tables that could, like, come to your quarters or something. And they and the Enterprise has, like, a counselor and, like, a barber. It has like It's like a whole city, basically, right? Yeah. But yeah. Voyager is, like, what, 400 people, maybe? Not even. Not it's even like, that like many. less than 200, I think. Oh, so, like, I don't think so. Unless somebody does it kind of, like, casually, then I don't think so. But, I mean, that being said, you could always just go to the holodeck and program one. That's true. Right? So, I mean, I guess you could get one. You could get a massage in the future way easier than now. You don't yeah. need, like, insurance or benefits or anything. You just go in the holodeck. Um, yep. But, yeah, good question. Uh, I guess, you know what, in the future, I feel like there will be probably still be people, though, that, like, 
you know, they wouldn't want to get a holographic masseuse. Like, there will always be people that would want, like, the real human touch. They don't want the holodeck and they don't want the hologram or anything like that. The so, purists. The purists, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, that leads us to um, kind of a meeting in the conference room. And uh, Janeway takes, you know, takes a little second, does the, like, the whole teacher thing, right? You know, can I just see you two after class? and uh rakes them over the coal for having a relationship um do you agree with her should she intervene and is she being affected by the experiments even at this point in the in the episode Uh, i would think that making out in an engineering station is probably not something you would want to do and i think that any captain who had to deal with who knew that that was going on would be well justified in, you know, maybe having a, a word with them about uh, discretion. Um, I agree. Um, do you think that she was kind of a little bit, like a little bit harsh, though? I would say maybe a little bit, yes. Like, she almost implies, like, you guys shouldn't even be getting together. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it could have been because of the experiments, though. And I, I'm wondering if it was, because, like, she calls it adolescent behavior, and it's setting a poor, uh, poor example for everybody. And I like that she even mentions that the crew is so small that, like, there's really no secrets. Like, the rumor mill on Voyager is, like, rampant. I, I like that aspect of it, and I think that... Um, yeah, I think that, that that was that was kind of, a, of an interesting scene, especially since later on we're going to see that, you know, was the adolescent behavior part of the experiments as well. We'll save that one for the end, perhaps. Yes. yes. Uh, okay, so it takes us into the second act, which is, I think, personally, the dumbest part, which is the Chakotay getting older and Neelix changing species. Um, what was the point of this? What did this really add to the story? And it's pretty much just dropped immediately as soon as the doctor and seven of nine start like teaming up. So what, what are your thoughts on the whole Chakotay getting old Neelix changing species? I, I thought the point of it was to establish that something really wrong was going on. Like there were a few hints that there was like something weird happening on the ship, but this is like, okay, something's up here. Like this isn't just people being paranoid. This isn't the captain being just like, crazy stressed out like something is actually happening here yeah and i think that this is maybe one of the things i I, i'm not crazy about with um with star trek is it always has to be like uh fatal uh consequences you know what i mean like could you not just do an episode where it's like oh man this is like really annoying we have to deal with this does it always need to be amped up to the point where like the ship's going to explode somebody's going to die like that, do you think it has to go there each time? Or could you just do this where it's like, oh, they're doing experiments, it's kind of annoying, that one person died by accident. You know, Do you have to amp it up with this like kind of alternate thing? I guess maybe not. I mean, what, why, why would aliens be concerned about what happens when Neelix reverts to the that what was in Mylian? Yeah, like a former, like a past species that was in his like lineage kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Logically thinking, like, why would they care what happens when they activate those genes and turn them into one? Like, I, I guess yeah. it doesn't really make a lot of sense. 
So, like, you remember that one episode of Next Generation where, like, the Picard gets captured and he gets put, like, in this prison with, like, three other people? And um, they uh, they do a bunch of, you know, there's kind of, like, there's uncertainty kind of around it. And eventually, like, Picard figures out that one of the people in the uh, the room is, like, kind of like looking at how he would like solve problems and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Or like, remember that episode where, um, there, like there's the alien that comes and, um, Deanna is like eating all the food and like taking them out and showing them what like entertainment is about. Oh yes. Uh, Worf is showing them what anger is all about. stuff like that. So it's kind of like a similar idea, but like, what was the purpose of these experiments? Like you jam a bunch of needles in a guy's head and he gets headache. Right. <laughs> you know, like we never find out, and that was the part that maybe was missing. So again, if they maybe added something to it, it might have made it might have done something a bit more. But um, yeah, this is my least favorite part of the episode is the Chakotay Neelix stuff. Although there is that really funny old guy conversation where they're sitting on like it's almost like the park bench kind of thing. I did like that. Um, yeah, it was some good comic relief uh, when they had their like old man debate. Yeah, and then they're never seen again. That's right. So that's the only thing. Hey, this is Matt, and you are listening to Random Trek Review. To get the latest podcasts and to read the RTR blog, visit our website at randomtrekreview.blogspot.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching for Random Trek Review. You can find us on social media, uh, Twitter at randotrekreview, and on Instagram at randomtrekreview. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, and prefer old-school email, feel free to drop us a line at randomtrekreview at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Uh, and then Taurus and Seven of Nine, like, immediately figure out the entire thing. They're about to, like, you know, let everybody know, and then they're, like, stopped. Like, they get knocked unconscious. So what are the abilities of these aliens, or what was, like, your take on what they could and couldn't do? Uh, well, I thought I kind of, like... Torres basically, like, instantly almost being killed, I think, sort of demonstrated what they could do, like, what the abilities of these mysterious aliens were, and also sort of how dire the situation was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but they also, like, were able to, like, lock out the doctor and stuff, and they were, like, deleting his program, so I guess it's kind of like one of those things where if you're invisible, you have kind of more abilities to kind of do stuff where nobody can see yeah yeah so anyway with that part of it out this is when i think it gets kind of to the best part which is the doctor and seven of nine meet up in the holodeck which is a great way to uh hide the doctor I absolutely think. Yes. and the fact that he can talk to her through the like cybernetic uh like uh hearing implant was a really good nice little bit um and then because of that and because seven of nine's got the borg implant she can now see them so um I, I kind of already talked about this. Do you think this is as good as it could have been, or do you think it could have been more terrifying? Uh, I, I guess it could have been more terrifying. Um, would you want it to be more terrifying? Uh, I would say probably yes. I mean, I think I, I mean we tell, sort of talked about how like the horror factor was kind of missing from this episode, and it might have made it a little bit a little bit better. I think it would have been cool if they didn't look like human people, like if they actually looked like monsters, and like. Seven of Nine's walking around, you literally just see, like, a monster, like, walk across, like, you know what I mean? Like, just walk across the hallway or something, or, like, just go up and jam something, somebody with something. Like, I think that would be really scary. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I think they should have maybe, maybe should have done that. Um, 
And I think that this is kind of like when Janeway's at her best as well, because she just gets, this is, she's like, by the, this part of the episode, which is kind of the middle, like, she's just pissed off, angry, and I think that's kind of Janeway at her best. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, sort of right off the top, I thought that angry Janeway was kind of a little bit over the top, but I mean, when you, when you think about the, like, the alien experiments, it, it is kind of uh, sensible that she's like, I mean, when you really think about it, she's had these needles jammed in her head for who knows how long, and, and I, I thought Kate Mulgrew actually did a pretty good job, like, sort of acting as if there were, like, needles in her head, and, you know... Yeah, that's true. I can't imagine that being very easy, right? Pretending you have a headache, you know, like... Well, and just being, like, irritated, and, and, and... Because they were, like, screwing around with her, like, you know, adrenaline or whatever, like, her, her the chemicals in right. her body, right? Causing her to just be agitated and irritated and, and just generally in a foul mood and and I thought that was I don't know I thought it was pretty effective actually um, when I when I sort of sat down and watched the episode and, and sort of took notes and thought about it like yeah it, it, I mean it was kind of excessive but it also made sense yeah true and I think this kind of leads to when they uh, they pull out one of the aliens they somehow pull her into like regular phase or like our phase well, and Seven, like, figured out how to rejig the phaser to knock them out of phase, or, right. or into phase. Into phase, right. Yeah. And then they get her in the prison, and, like, again, Janeway at, like, pissed level. is. Where does this rank for you, anyway, in terms of, kind of, like, Janeway's speech, where she's like, these lab rats are fighting back, you know? Like, like those, you know, maybe those lines are maybe a little bit on the cheesy side, but did you like that, her kind of speech? Oh, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, just, just ripping into those aliens and, and getting into the whole debate of ethics of, you know, experimenting on un, unwitting uh, participants. And, and yeah, I thought it was, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good, pretty powerful scene. Yeah. And I like that she mentions that like humanity and earth have given up on like, uh, you know, doing experiments on animals like long ago and stuff like that. So I thought that that was good. Um, the one thing that was missing for me in this was that the alien mentions that if they end the experiments, that it will just kill all the people who are test subjects, or they have the, at least the capability to do that. But again, they, they never really delve into why they're doing these experiments, which, I mean, if you go back to the scientific method, it's kind of like doing an experiment with no purpose. Like they just, they left out probably the biggest and most important part of doing the experiments. We're only really seeing the observations. But I was curious to see, like, what was the purpose, what was the procedure for these things, and I think that that was kind of missing. Um, what did you think about that? I thought it kind of added to, like, the mystery of the episode, like, like just having no knowledge, like, having not knowing whatsoever why they're doing these things. I thought it kind of, because the, the whole, like, first half of the episode, there's, like, all this mystery about what's going on and why are people acting funny and why is Chakotay turning into an old man and, and no one no one can find out. And I think by not getting into why the aliens are doing this, I mean, I think I think there was sort of an allusion to just the fact that they're, they're trying, they're, they're doing this research to try and cure various illnesses that these aliens are dealing with because the, the aliens sort of mentioned, like, like you know, your, your crew might suffer, but there's going to, you know, the, 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 re the knowledge that we gain from this research is going to save millions, you know, so, you know, you shouldn't feel so bad about that. So, I mean, I'm sure 
from their point of view, they maybe they thought they were justified in you know screwing around with people, but yeah, I mean, I guess you could if you look at it from like a rat's point of view, right? Like they get injected with like all this awful stuff and they get cancer. And if you were to just look at it from the rat's point of view, it would be kind of a lot of pro poking and prodding and things that you wouldn't really understand unless you you know had the kind of the knowledge of it. I thought it was maybe kind of a little bit of a missed thing, but they more than make up for it in the last act, I think, anyway. When this is where, um, like, Janeway just goes nuts, basically. Just goes right off and the deep end. it's the best. Right, yeah. off, right off the deep end. Yeah, th- this, is the, this is the one part of the episode that I really, really remembered um, where, yeah, she just goes ballistic. The, the classic red shirt gets killed by accident, I'm assuming, through these experiments. And I don't think it was an accident. No, you don't think so? Okay, that's no. interesting. So why don't you think it was an accident? Like, you think they were trying to do a power move and they were trying scare to, them off? Yeah, tr- well, just trying to show Janeway that they were they meant business. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't think that, but you know what? You may very well be right. Well, because there's that scene in the ready room where she's like grilling the that alien person and then all of a sudden she walks out and all of a sudden someone's like you know what, what was it they're like blood they, they like raise the the pre like the blood pressure of the person yeah, like to a totally. point where it just like their arteries just blew up or something right. yeah like i think they were completely like the doctor said that they were there was nothing they could do basically right yes yeah. Um, and I guess that's the thing when we kind of talk about the powers of the aliens, like they literally could just do whatever, right? They yeah. had the technology and the ability to do it. So, um, I mean, it's unfortunate they lost that, that person, but it definitely leads to like the be- one of the best Janeway scenes where she just goes like dismissed, kicks the pilot out of the way, gets in and just like, just mats it for the binary or was it binary pulsar. Um, yeah. Awesome. I don't know what to say. It's amazing. I love that. And I love that. I, again, the other thing too is that the aliens can go in and out of phase. So like the one, like one of the other ones comes into phase to like, be like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're bluffing. We're not, we're not, I'm not buying this or whatever. And Janeway's just like, don't care. Janeway Stick just, along for the ride. Janeway just, just floors it. She's like, oh yeah, you don't think I'm serious? Yeah, the other thing I like. Yeah, and another thing I like about that too is like the entire crew is just like, okay, yeah, cool. Well, like Tuvok was kind of like, uh, Captain, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like they tried to wrestle the controls from her or anything like that. Like that's a that's dedication to your captain to be like, okay, yeah, into the pulsar, off we go. Yeah, but it worked. It did work. I mean, of course it worked. Like that's. That's just, like, the thing, right? Like, it always ends up working in the end. So it's hard to kind of... It's hard to buy into the tension, but, like, they did a pretty good job of it. Like, this is, uh, you know, this is uh, a good way to do it. And I also like that the alien ships did get, like, their comeuppance because like, as the, sh- the little, like, parasitic ships are coming off, you actually see that they, like, blow up. Like, it kills the aliens. Well, one of them definitely blew up. I don't know if the second one made it. Yeah, one blows up and the other one it's kind of like ambiguous as to whether or not they uh, they made it or not. But yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a cool uh, a cool little thing too, and it looked pretty neat as well. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, they shoot through, they survive, you know, patch up the ship, and uh, despite only... one in twenty odds. Well, you know what? Like the one thing the, I like that better than like it's one in a million because you do that too often, and it's like 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 every other scene in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I like like one in twenty. Okay, like it's not good, but 
it's not insane. You know what I mean? Like if it's one in two hundred or something, eh, that's I don't know. I think you do that too often, and it's like. But what were the odds that C three PO gave them of successfully navigating an asteroid? Five hundred three, five thousand three hundred and twenty to one. Oh, that's true. And see again, it's like that's that it gets a little too much. And I, I guess yes. with Star Wars, you can you can eat it because it's like never tell me the odds, and you're just like, oh, that guy's so cool, you know, like. Look at him, he's flying right into the asteroids, right? But for Star Trek, it's more supposed to be science fiction, it's supposed to be based on reality, you know? And if you had, like, a 1 in 5,000 chance, like, it, like it's just not... It just doesn't blend well, I don't think. No. Uh, and, I mean, they do off, they do that often enough, but I think that... Uh, I, I liked 1 in 20. You just don't see that or hear that very often in kind of movies and television shows because they always want to, you know, crank up the odds. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's look at the cast and characters, the quotes, some trivia, and uh, put a bow on this episode. Um, uh, for me, anyway, I thought that the uh, the aliens were kind of nondescript. They didn't really do much for me. Uh, Alzen and Takar, do you really have anything to talk about with those two, or are you happy to skip them? No, just, I mean, I thought the aliens could have been a lot more... I mean, we kind of talked about how they sort of sidestepped the horror possibilities with this yeah. episode and i thought that i thought if the aliens themselves were like a little more terrifying i think it would have added a bit to the episode and i, I mean the aliens were just so ordinary looking i mean you think yeah. about you think about like like uh the vidians for example mm-hmm. there's they're much more terrifying so I, I i i thought they could have added the sort of the shock value of the episode a bit made like i mean you mentioned earlier if they just look like monsters it would have been yeah. so much more effective yeah and i mean voyager does actually have a lot has a long like history of like cool looking creatures i mean they all still are kind of humanoid but they they definitely went a bit further like said the vidians and stuff they definitely have a look that you didn't really see that much in a lot of the other episodes. And these guys were just generic as generic, right? Like, they're basically just humans. Yeah. Um, so let's just bypass them real quick, and we'll look at Paris and Tora's relationship. This is kind of early on. Um, it's not the very, very beginning, but it's almost as about as close as, as you can get. Um, w- what do you think about how they handled that, and more specifically kind of like uh, their relationship at this point? Well, I think it was about time. I mean, they sort of hinted at this throughout the whole series that it was going to happen eventually. So, uh, I mean, it's kind of a cop-out that they had like a bit of an alien influence that sort of nudged them to finally get there. But I, it, it was going to happen. Right. You know, yeah. Torres was playing hard to get for like a couple of years, but I think eventually it would have... I mean, there's just not that many options on a ship of only a couple hundred people, right? So... You can't be that picky. <laughs> Unless you want a Vidian. <laughs> Nobody does. Hey, the doctor uh, doctor had a Vidian uh, lady friend for a little while. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Good mm-hmm. point. Um, and I guess Torres, when, remember that was that episode where like they split her in half? Mm. She was like Klingon and... Um, human. Human. And a Vidian yeah. fell in love with the Klingon half, so... Yeah. There you go. Crazier things have happened. Those Vidians, they're quite the yeah, quite the charmers. That's right. Um, seven of nine. So she's just recently joined. Um, do are you a seven of nine camp or a Kess camp? Oh, definitely seven of nine camp. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And at the time, back when this kind of all took place, like, um, what were, like, is that how you've always felt, or you kind of waited till the end to kind of come to that conclusion, or were you not a Kess fan? I was definitely not a Kess fan. Um, just not that interesting a character. I mean, they tried to give her those, like, weird, like, sort of telekinetic powers, yeah. and just it just wasn't working yeah i think one of the downsides of neelix and uh kess with and the whole like okampa thing is, is like as they got further and further away from that space it was just kind of like well what are you gonna do you know what i mean like they just become less and less relevant yeah and i guess like jennifer lynn is that her that's the name like that's I, it yep. yeah she's kind of had a real rough go of it as well so mm-hmm. i think that uh she's almost like a footnote now eh? like seven of nine became huge like yep. she's one of the most beloved female Star Trek characters, one of the most beloved Star Trek characters, and yeah, Cass I think has kind of a small following, but I think most people are probably along the same line. I I always liked Seven of Nine because the Borg were like white hot at the time too, right? So, um, the idea of like taking somebody and and switching them back was such a cool idea. Yeah. Um, but so that's Seven of Nine, and then the only other one I had kind of here was just kind of Janeway and Tuvok. Um. They've always had good chemistry, and um, they, they do a really good job of making it seem like they've known each other a long time. Yeah, the, even from the start of the series, and I don't know, if, I don't know how they they were able to do this, but um, I mean, you always got the sense that Tuvok and Janeway had known each other for a long time, and, mm-hmm. and it, it, there was I, I want to say banter, but I don't know if that's really applicable because Tuvok's on Vulcan, and so he doesn't really. It's kind of a one-sided way. He he doesn't really joke around or or anything or, you know, but, but you definitely get the sense that they were, that they've known, that they've worked together for a long time. And this is a, there's a lot of great examples in this episode of, of them. There's like, you know, Janeway's like stressed out and hasn't slept in days. He's all irritated and annoyed and in a really bad mood. And Tuvok has these sort of, sort of, as close to jokes as he gets. As he can get, yeah. Yeah, and it's... That's true. And I guess the nice thing about Vulcans is, like, they did this with Spock and Bones way back when, right? But, like, it's it's the classic, you know, you have the one straight character that just plays everything for serious, and then you have the other person who get angry or sad or whatever, and they can play off of that so well. So, yeah, I thought that it was really good. And this is a great episode because, again, it's taking two characters that we know so well and putting them in, like, an extreme, right? So, um... I thought that that was really well done, yeah. um, and I, you know that leads us kind of right into the, right into the the quotes and the and the favorite scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, almost all of them are either Tuvok or Janeway for the ones that I picked. I don't know if you had any others, but um, one of my favorites was uh, Janeway's mad. The duty schedule, people are getting lazy and stuff like that. And like you were mentioning, the line that Tuvok throws back at her is, "Shall I flog them as well?" It was uh, like it was, that's that's a that is as close to a, like a joke as you're gonna get probably from Tuvok. The delivery of that line was just incredible. I know I can't really do it justice. Shall I flog them as well? Yeah, you know, like it's just he just it's like the perfect amount of like sarcasm and 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 I mean Janeway even sort of like stops for a minute. Yeah, and she. Like, oh. Yeah, you're right. You know, you know. It, yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah, the other great Tuvok line... Oh, it's not even really a Tuvok line. It's more of a Tuvok setup, but uh, he comes in at one point and says, like, good morning, Captain, and she's like, that's a matter of opinion. Like, yeah, that... And it's just icy cold, which I loved as well. 
Uh, what about you? Did you have any favorite uh, quotes or scenes or lines from this one? You know, I, I know you didn't like the the, the, the Chakotay Neelix scene, but I thought that, that, you know, point when they were sitting on the, the table and they're like, I can barely read that console. And, the, and Neelix is like, I can't even look at it. My pupils have all dilated. I thought that was, I thought it was a good little piece of comic relief. Yeah, I, that's I know true. You, I know you didn't like it, but... Yeah, I, I, I didn't love I didn't love that scene, but I thought that it was uh, yeah I thought that it was it, yeah it was pretty good. I think that they could have probably done more with that, but maybe that's the problem with this. You know what? This might have actually been an episode that could have maybe been stretched into a two parter. I think that just a little bit more depth, a little bit more stretching out of some of that stuff, maybe a two parter could have made this one just a little bit better. I don't know. Well, maybe. Never maybe. know. Yeah. All right. Anyway, looking at some trivia production, some odds and ends, just to kind of wrap stuff up. Um, so, Jaco- I don't know if you saw this. I read this afterwards. But Jacote, when he's like right before he, you know, kind of succumbs to the old age thing, he's like reading on his computer and he's reading about the Excelsior. Now, do you know what episode that's from? Uh, that was from Flashback, which I believe was. Was that just before this, or was that like third season? No, I believe it's a couple episodes before this one. Yeah, okay. yeah so it's kind of a little bit of a throwback. That was in the time when, um, uh, like, Deep Space Nine did Trials and Tribulations. Tribulations. Yep. Um, and then Voyager, was that 25th anniversary? No, it couldn't have been. Might have been 30th. 30th, yeah. It was kind of like a special, so they did the original series thing, and then Voyager did this one as well. So that's kind of a nice little Easter egg, right? I totally miss it. Totally miss it, yeah. I didn't really see it. I mean, I guess nowadays, anytime that there's like a computer screen, TV screen, anything like that, there's all the, like, the internet people that like pause it and see what it is, right? That's kind of a, you know, a rite of passage now. Yeah. Um, also, this is an important episode because it's the last episode with Janeway's long hair. I, you know, I never would have probably known unless I'd actually read about that. So, I guess the question is, which do you like better, long hair Janeway or short hair Janeway? Uh, definitely the newer short hair Janeway. You're a short hair person? Yes. Yeah, the long hair is so 90s, and it's like, there's no way that a captain would have enough time to floof it back like she does. <laughs> like, it's so big, and like I feel like, you know, she's got more important things to do than just be like back combing her hair for like, you know hours and hours and hours yeah yeah so yeah i'm a short hair janeway as well um so the uh, aliens in this episode are called the surivani they're actually never mentioned in the episode they're just called the aliens um and if you wanted to know that little tidbit you'd need to have pick up yourself the voyager handbook do you have that by any chance i do not no, I don't have that either. I actually thought that might be kind of a cool thing. There's like one for each of the series and it kind of just goes through each of the episodes. I thought it might be kind of neat. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously I already mentioned it, but there's a lot of similarities uh, between this episode and the Next Generation episode, Schisms, which is the one where um, they do all the tests on the Enterprise. Yeah, I, I this is that's definitely one that I thought of when I was watching this and sort of going through notes and stuff. And um, Schisms was definitely a little bit darker though because they, they didn't, they never found out anything about the aliens, why they were kidnapping people, and and I think the aliens themselves in that episode were a little bit more, more menacing. Mm-hmm. So I, I I thought it was, I mean I thought it was a similar episode, but I thought Schisms was a, a little bit better. Yeah, 
So, you know, with that, why don't you give me a little bit of your final comments on scientific method and give me a little rating. I guess we will do uh, uh, needles in the brain. So how many needles in the brain out of five for this episode? Okay, yeah, I was I was a little bit torn about it because, like I said, before I sat down and actually watched it, I seemed to remember that it was a little bit over the top as far as Janeway went and some of the... So it was kind of a bit cheesy, but... When I watched it and sort of sat down and really thought about it, I was like, this is actually a really good episode. Um, I mean, I talked about how it's one that stuck out to me when I watched it during the original run. And, I mean, there was really no... I sort of thought that maybe there was a bit of cheesiness, but we there really wasn't any. I mean, the effects were good, and, and I thought Janeway going completely berserk at the end, like, it really fit with the story, and everything sort of fit, you know? Um, and so the only thing that I really didn't like, and we sort of talked about was the aliens, they just look so ordinary and, and nondescript. Um, I think if they maybe made the aliens a little bit more, a little bit more fearsome, a little bit more scary looking, I think this maybe would have pushed this episode, like maybe even into like the top 20 or 25 of the whole series. Cause I, I, I really think this is a good episode and, uh, you know, uh, with all that said, I, I'm going to be a little bit generous and give this episode uh, four brain needles out of five. Okay, so high praise. Um, I have a hard, hard time rating this one. I, 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 that last scene, like Janeway just like gassing it into the star, like that is like five star territory. But then you've got like old Chakotay, that's like one star territory. Um, I wish so badly that they had just gone for it and the aliens were like monsters and it was terrifying and people were turning around corners and just getting like the crap scared out of them because there's an alien there, a huge needle in their hand. I really wish they had done that. Um, I thought that the Doctor and Seven working together is, I mean, the first of, I mean, they do a lot of team-ups throughout the series, but I mean, this is a, definitely a good one. The Bolana Paris stuff hasn't, like, run its course yet. It's still kind of interesting. It's a great idea for an episode, um, and it is super watchable, super enjoyable. I was, I really am on the fence in terms of where I'm going to go with this one. Um, the one thing that I, I, I guess I would like is what was the point of the... What was the point of all these experiments? Uh, you know, it's a tough go. I can't go five just because there's too many bad little bits in it. But I also can't go three because that Janeway thing at the end is just too sick. So I'm going to go four as well. Four brain needles out of five. All right, folks. It's time for the most fun part of the episode this is when we're going to reach into the clown hat of episodes i'm going to pull from matt this week he's going to have one minute ish in order to come up with anything that he can uh, remember about the episode uh quotes plots b plots trivia whatever anything uh you know it's a lot harder than you think so uh, i'm just going to reach in here and pull this out Please pick an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're heading back to the Delta Quadrant. We are back on the USS Voyager. We are in season six. Season okay. six, episode 18. Okay. I'm going to uh, just read off the name here. The episode is called Ashes 
to ashes. Ashes to ashes. Okay, so if you're playing along at home, what you should do is just pause the podcast really quickly, grab a pencil and paper, write out anything that you can remember about this particular episode. Do you remember any characters? Do you remember any quotes? Do you want to just take a random guess? Because that's what I did last week. Got me a big fat zero, but hey, I tried. You should try too. So, um, ashes to ashes, Voyager, Matt, your one minute starts now. All right, I think I do remember this one. I believe this is the one where um, Ensign Lindsay Ballard, who was like killed several years previously, returns to the ship, and then I believe it turns out that she's like some sort of alien. Um, as far as like, ah, man, I don't know if I can really go into more detail than that. Um, she came back as like an alien. I know that she and Kim, Harry Kim, were like sort of like real uh, close, and, and that sort of led to. Um, uh, I, I can't. I, I don't really remember anything else. And I feel like because she was like an alien that actually like absorbed her DNA, it was like some. It was like the alien's way of reproducing or something. Uh, I don't know. I think that's that's all I can really remember. Okay, that's not bad. You got if that is the name, that is definitely worth some street cred or some uh, RTR cred. If you got the actual correct name, you're saying that an old, an old crew member who was killed comes back randomly. Yes. Ashes to ashes. I mean, I'm just trying to think of the name. That that kind of does make sense, right? Because when you, you know, when they do the last rites and stuff like that, ashes to ashes is part of it. So that yeah. that seems like it would would fit and that, that whole storyline I vaguely kind of remember it kind of seems like it works for the um like that part of the series right like kind of the later yeah. later episodes uh I guess I mean what else can we do we might as well just go and uh throw on the uh, old Netflix uh and give this a watch see how close Matt got you should do the same and uh you should check us out next week because that's all we have this time for random correct review thanks for joining us as always, and uh, join us next time when we look at Ashes to Ashes. Back to the Voyager.